whenever you're ready. Oh <laughs> my God. Jessica. I've never been called a fox. <laughs> Dana. That's a classy name for a Harry. I like it classic. Okay. Do you? <laughs> Welcome to the Rants and Raves podcast. Sure. Out with the bad and in with the good, motherfuckers. That's right. Jessica. Dana. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. My name is Dana Powell. Welcome Hi. to the Rants and Raves podcast. I'm Jessica Young. Welcome to the Rants and Raves podcast. And we are, we here, are here to, to rant, rant, rant and rave. <laughs> Your entire body pauses to wait for me. You get so tense. I know. And it I did do the shoulder giggle. shimmy for old yeah, time's sake. You did. <laughs> I even said it out of order. It, it frazzled you even uh, more. Larry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jessica, how no, are you? I am great, Dana. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How was your week? It was great until a young woman called me madam. Not once, not twice, and more than thrice times at the post office. <laughs> at the post office? I mean, I was like, equally flattered and thought it was lovely and respectful to oh my god again newsflash i'm that old that a young lady and yes in my mind's eye she was a young lady hi i'm 80 years old called me <laughs> madame and it wasn't even madam that is and so it- pretentious though like what is she doing i i was like if you had said i was searching for a dress for the renaissance fair i would have understood but at the post office i was really taken aback like to the point where i went (laughs) like this kind of nervous laugh and i went what what is happening because all i was wondering was was she educated overseas or does she go to Lycée de Los Angeles or what is happening here? <laughs> Did she, does she know that I'm from Quebec originally, that I'm a Montrealer at heart? I mean, I don't know what happened, but she literally goes, good afternoon, madame. And I'm like, good Good afternoon. I mean, first of all, good afternoon. You never hear that these days. But every time throughout the transaction, she said, literally said, madame, after... And before each transaction, she's like, do you need any stamps today, madame? Can I get you anything else, madame? It just went on and on and on. And it was like, I I just didn't know what was happening, but it kind of made me feel fancy. And I liked it. I'm like, if I'm going to be old, then I'm going to be treated with respect. (laughs) It's just so, such a weird, like... We generally don't talk like that here in this day and age. No. Like, also, I would be weirded out if she was like, thank you, Mrs. Yes, Mrs. Have a great day, Mrs. Like, it's just a weird thing. It is weird. I don't like being called ma'am. I know a lot of people are going to argue with me about that. I know it's a sign of respect. I, again, just think I'm not old enough for you to call me ma'am. Well, okay. It also probably comes from my mother who was raised in Canada, but you would swears from Brooklyn, who was not having it in my childhood when we were in Atlanta, Georgia, with people calling her ma'am. She would not tolerate it. She's like, my name's Cheryl. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to tell you right now, and then we can move on from this subject. 
my dear co-worker many moons ago from anthropology, Mr. Linnell Cooper from Jamaica, who spent many years in Milan, Italy, and has a beautiful accent. That's the only person I want to hear the word madam or madame from, because he was so elegant and sophisticated, and he could work a dressing room like no other. So if you would step out, he would look at you, give you an up and down, but it wasn't like gross. He wanted everyone to live their best life and look their best. He was a stylist. He has an impeccable eye. He would say, Madam, if I may say so, but red is not your color. My, oh, God. <laughs> but it was in such a way that you went, oh, and then he'd be like, let me bring you the periwinkle blouse instead. And you would leave there feeling like a million bucks and know that you should never pick up red again or whatever it was that day. I'm sorry, the girl at the post office didn't make you feel that way? (laughs) (laughs) I was very disappointed because, you know, my dad and I love to get every special edition stamp. We don't collect stamps. I think we're just the only people on the planet that look at stamps when we receive mail and get real excited when it's something other than the traditional flag forever, you know, or the stamps that no matter if the rate goes up or not, my dad and I get the Sesame Street stamps, the Muppet stamps. I got the recently the hip hop stamps. One's a graffiti artist. One's a B-girl. One's a DJ. I mean, oh, oh, I love, I'm gonna have to send you something with one of my hip hop stamps because I do cover yes. them and I'm very calculating. You best believe that for certain people, they're not going to get the hip hop stamp. You're going to get the Earth Day stamp. So you might think to recycle. I have a whole plan with my stamp. Wow. And I'm sorry, madame, we're sold out of the Lunar New Year stamps. I wanted the Lunar New Year. That was your really cool rendering an artist does it. So I got the love stamps instead. Anything else, madame? (laughs) No, merci. That will be all. Thank you. (laughs) Au revoir. But truly, what are you supposed to call her? Young lady. Excuse me, that would be Mademoiselle, but I didn't want to go that far. I didn't want to be creepy. No, I would have, because she was going too far. (laughs) And I would have affected it. Mademoiselle. I would have stretched my face as much as possible. (laughs) Oh, I have a quick update. Quick update. Because mm-hmm. then I want to hear about your week, and so does everyone else. Are you I'm whispering? lowering my voice. I am. Okay. Okay. The neighbor with the wipes. Mm-hmm. Um, Alan has heard the episode where we discussed that, and yes. he was laughing his ass off. And he's like, I love that you said that. And he goes, I think I am going to start collecting them, and we're going to mail it to her. Mm-hmm. Well, I really am open to anyone's suggestions. The yelling that comes out of her apartment is so next level. And I really did almost turn into Michael Douglas and falling down yesterday because she yelled the entire time I was on an online class and then her husband was yelling and the kids were yelling. And I could, again, there are two units over for me. I could hear with the utmost clarity every word they were saying. So if any of our listeners have a suggestion of what to do other than me being my uh, dorm room self my freshman year of college and passive aggressively writing a letter in capital letters and taping it on her front door which I've already done multiple times because I it, don't want to deal with her and I don't want to is have, it happy could, yelling or no 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 they're no. fighting uh-huh I would yell out my window I have, stop yelling oh I've yelled out and I've not been as nice as you were 
Mm. And it doesn't. I've said anything? shut the f up, but I didn't say f. <laughs> Jessica. Well, and you I, could. I think we all could. know I don't have a quiet voice, so you should hear when I yell. Well, if you had a landlord that I thought would do anything about it, I would say you can make a noise complaint, but your landlord is. Oh, but also people have complained to him, and I don't want to deal with it. I don't like Yeah. It. So if anyone has any creative ideas, they don't have to be creative. They can just be straightforward. But I don't want to deal well, with this individual face-to-face. It's already been you an need issue some, for a while. Yeah, you need some other ideas. Because my mm-hmm. initial response is, okay, get an air horn. And every time they're loud, <laughs> play that air horn until they stop it. You know what? If I wasn't <laughs> certain that that would give me cardiac arrest, because I'm <laughs> I'm so startled by those. That's a great idea. And I would do it right in your kitchen window. That's how I have trained my animals not to do things before. Like if I see them them doing something they're not supposed to, I'll go, and and it terrifies them and they won't go near it anymore. (laughs) Like one of the ones you would use, like I'm imagining in the San Pedro shipyard, like, I'm sorry, I don't understand your fantasy. <laughs> I don't know what the like San Pedro... Horn. An air horn, I'm picturing it like a foghorn. It's one of those, you can buy a little miniature can for birthdays and stuff. And they come for with birthdays. a tiny... Yeah, because people go, meep, meep, happy birthday. Especially for drive-by pandemic birthdays right now. I would knock someone's head off if they did that on anyone's birthday that I was a part of. <laughs> yeah, they drive by as they're driving. Instead of the car horns, they have the meep meeps, the little air horns. I, At least the ones I've seen. <sighs> but I use them to my discipline my pets. Unbelievable. And you, only have, you only have to do it once or twice. It's so scary for them. <laughs> Does it work on Cutter? Well, if I catch her doing something, yes. She even will say, oh. Yeah, yeah. But she's a sneaky one. Oh, yeah. You can't catch her doing anything. (laughs) So awful. Uh, And the thing is, too, like, I just read this fact this week, too, about, like, there is scientific proof that cats definitely understand what you want from them and what you're asking them. They choose not to do what you said. They don't care. Whereas dogs are like people pleasers. They want to make you happy, right? Cats are like, no. (laughs) <laughs> There's a reason why the Egyptians revered and dare I say worshipped that. I mean, yeah. to me, when you look in a cat's eyes, you're looking into somebody and something's 900th life because they're from another dimension. And I, I mean, think if people seen... are reincarnated into animals, it's into cats. You've seen the pictures of my of Cutter's eyes. <laughs> yes. She looks evil. Yes, she is you legit look into Ollie's from a cartoon. Eyes. You look into Ollie's eyes, my other cat, and it's like, he's just like, yeah, a you love me. Boat. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. let's relax. Yeah, let's hang. Yeah, let's mm-hmm. have fun. That's his eyes. He Cutter's hugs. eyes. He hugs me all the time. It's the sweetest. <laughs> so cute. And he hugs so tight that he shakes. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute. How was your week? Oh, God. How was my week? I think good i feel like the last few weeks have really flown by agreed just because so much craziness but just like update on my my personal stuff i actually have had a lot of people reach out to me about last week's episode Mm -hmm. and i think and i i hope it was clear that like i'm doing better Mm -hmm. and i shared that not because i needed 
attention or somebody, you know, but because I want other people to be aware of it too. Mm -hmm. So my personal update is I have been back on my medication for over a week now and I feel so much better. Amazing. I feel so good. I mean, listen, nothing's going to make life perfect. Not to mention my life is not a travesty anyway. You know what I mean? But it just has helped me regulate my emotions when things do come up, the big and the small. I just feel much more. mm -hmm. I didn't realize how foggy my brain had been. And I use that term because my friend Krista Marie, she always said that uh, she's been saying that about um, she has Lyme disease. And she got some medication and mm-hmm. she was explaining to me, you know, what foggy brain felt like to her. And mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, my God, that's what's happened to me. I can't mm-hmm. remember a gosh darn thing. I will be in the middle of a car. I'm sure people have noticed it in the episodes where they're like, Dana's just talking. And then all of a sudden she goes, wait, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and that was happening so much to me. I would have something in my hands, set it down right in front of my face, turn around to look at Henry and go, oh my God, where'd I put that? Like, <laughs> just crazy. Sure. And so that is starting to clear up a little bit. I think generally speaking, I'm always kind of like that, but it was just <laughs> exacerbated by this foggy brain, you know? So anyway, I'm feeling better. Thank you to everybody who reached out to me, especially the people that reached out and said, oh my God, I've felt the same. Mm-hmm. I also had several people reach out and say, I've not gone to the doctor for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people saying they're going to now, which I think good. is amazing. Good. So good, that's good. lovely. Absolutely. And then this weekend, I actually got outside a little bit, went down mm-hmm. to uh, Marina Del Rey with my friend Kristen Marie, which I've talked about her quite a bit. She was the one who traveled with me last year when my mom passed. Mm -hmm. Um, And the reason that we kind of shared that loss experience together is that she lost her niece, Mm -hmm. um, her young niece, right before my mom passed. And so this weekend was the one-year anniversary of sweet Caitlin's passing. Mm -hmm. So we were together on that day and just celebrated her life. And it was very, very beautiful. That's lovely. Yeah, it was lovely. I think it's important... um, you know, my friend, you know, so many of us are away from our families. Mm -hmm. And during the pandemic, we're trying not to travel. So she couldn't be with her family. Mm -hmm. I would assume it's going to be the same for me. So I think it was important that we're able to be there for each other through this experience. And, you know, the I, I say the once the first year is up, I know there will be other things that come up, but like the big firsts. Sure. I'm trying to tell myself, okay, the big firsts are over or past quite most of them. I hope Mm -hmm. that's what I'm, you know, the, the positive of it. Sure. And, and I've made it and I, and my family's made it and, uh, yeah, it is what it is, but it was lovely to celebrate little Caitlin with Kristen and it was beautiful out Mm -hmm. by the ocean, all the sailboats, you know, it was great. I love that you did that together, A, so that she could have the support and have somebody with her. And I think it is such a beautiful way to honor someone is just to go and truly, like, in my opinion, be outside specifically because nature is beautiful, right? Mm -hmm. But do something in their honor and in their name. That's the way to honor someone's memory. 
You know what I mean? That's what I, you know, several people have started asking me what I'm going to do for Mm -hmm. my mama. And I don't know specifically right now, but I do know I want to do something that celebrates her. I want to do something she loved or go someplace that she enjoyed. Like, I just want to celebrate her because I don't think that she would want me to be sad. Exactly. And no matter what, I obviously am going to be, but I want my actions to be um, in love and celebration of what she was to me. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so that's, that. that was kind of my week. It was not, not too bad. Excellent. Yeah. Also real quick, before we just move on into the the real thick meat of our show. <laughs> um, I wanted to say, you know, I was thinking, so because of the vaccines, now neither you or I are up for vaccination yet. And I don't know where these places are that everybody's going to get the leftovers. Me neither. Good, good for you. Wish I did. I don't. <laughs> so we're we're still like being careful, you know, about where we go and things like that, masking up. I don't go out if unless I have to, all of that stuff. But I can feel that things and are starting to move and shake again. And I started noticing if I have two or three things to do in the week, and we've talked touched on this before, I feel so overwhelmed. Yes. And it's, you know, we haven't had uh, as many responsibilities, like for you and I specifically, everybody's is different, mm-hmm. but for you and I, like we used to be juggling the normalcy of shows. Time. Yes. Yes. Shows, jobs, um, mm-hmm. teaching, coaching, mm-hmm. like whatever it was we're doing, we were juggling 95 things a day, auditions, you know, classes, whatever it was. work. Totally. And I managed to get it done, even though I joke and say I'm a bit of a train wreck. That is true. I'm a bit like, what? Who? Where? Okay. (laughs) I'm always a little bit that way. But I've noticed like last week, I felt like I had several things and it wasn't even audition stuff. It was like, Mm -hmm. oh, you have, you know, the parent teacher meeting, you have this, you have that. And I started feeling so overwhelmed. And I was like, okay, you need to think about this. Why? You've got to get back in the groove of life. Mm-hmm. I and know. I was kind of beating myself up a little bit. And then I, w- I was like, all right, hold on a minute. <laughs> we have been in the weirdest like jungle of life for a year. Go easy on yourself. And also as a parent, this won't be specific to everyone, but I feel like there are other versions of this. So I just want you people to be aware. As a parent, my son went to school. So I had the morning into the early afternoon to take care of everything I needed to do, to do my work, to do whatever things were assigned for that that day and take care of my house chores and my whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So I had that time. And then I am lucky enough that I had a nanny that would be at home to help him with homework and all of the other small things. So then in the evening, when I was done with all of my stuff, I could just be with my child, right? Well, now I was like, you dodo. I have, I I still have my nanny. We're her only source of income. So she needs us just as much as we need her. (laughs) And so I have arranged things in my life and cut out a lot of different things to be able to make that happen, Mm -hmm. right? Now, 
I don't have, I have half the time to myself to accomplish like the adult things I need to do that I did before. I don't have that full morning of school. I have that morning of school and then I go get my son and I have to finish whatever I didn't jam into that mm-hmm. morning before I go get him to be able to be present with him. Now, do I do chores and stuff while he's here? Yeah, absolutely. But I just feel like I was able to be more present with him in the past. Well, our entire life structure has changed. And I just want people, your life structure is not like mine, but I guarantee you it's different. And I want you to be kind to yourselves as things start opening up and winding up and getting going again. Don't be hard on yourself. That's all. Totally. No, for sure. I think I've said this before and you and I are so alike in this way. If you tell me I have to do 10 things and I have to do them today, I'll get all 10 done. If you say I have a week to do one thing, I somehow get in a tizzy. I can't handle it. And the night before it's due or the deadline or it needs to happen, I'm like, oh my God. Yes. Yes. I know. I'm the same. (laughs) I know. I know I'm the same. So anyway, we just all need to be kind to ourselves as, as I mean, there's light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. If people don't be stupid, okay. uh, <laughs> there's light at the end of the tunnel and, and it's exciting. It's also going to probably be a little overwhelming. So be aware mm-hmm. of that. Totally. Anyway, Jessica, would you like to tell people how to get a hold of us? I would love to. You guys, you can find us, which many of you have on Instagram and Facebook at the rants and raves podcast by the way i have had a few people reach out recently and say oh i tried to find your podcast or i tried to find you online well obviously if you're listening to this you found the podcast but Mm -hmm. all of our things are case sensitive it has to say the rants and raves and podcast is in the name of our show a lot of times we shorten it to rants and raves and that's great or r and r uh if you're looking for us on different platforms the Rants and Raves podcast, except if you're going to Twitter, we're at raves underscore the. If you want to email us directly, it's at the Rants and Raves podcast at gmail.com. And you can also go to the contact button on our website, www.therantsandravespodcast.com. Yay. Thank you, Jessica. Indeed. Are we ready to roll on into our, our rants? We are. So (laughs) this one, um, this one hit me right in the face, pun intended. Uh, Dana, are you, um, are you familiar with like these concept restaurants or the such and such experience? Like I went to the Breaking Bad experience, which very unfortunately took over one of my favorite restaurant spaces temporarily uh there used to be a place called zeke's barbecue in west hollywood that i loved Uh and it's gone and it became the breaking bad experience which food experience it's food and it's one of those things where it would have been probably really cool if it came out in the height of breaking bad being on but not really cool coming out years later. Just didn't see the point. It's like, oh, six years later, let me pose with Los Pollos Hermanos chicken, you know, or in front of the RV. Like, we're not at Universal. It's not a backlot set. And if you want to do that, great. I know I'm sounding so judgy. I don't care. You're you're sounding so (laughs) Hollywood jaded. (laughs) Hollywood. (laughs) Hollywood. (laughs) 
<laughs> it was years after the fact, and it was really expensive. Okay, now oh, of bet. course you don't go to something like that thinking it's going to be good food, or do you? I mean, I'm like, all right, I'm down with this. It's all inclusive, blah blah blah. Whatever. I don't mean I to, to be. I want it to be yummy. Mm-hmm. Also, it was just it was fun because I got to see one of my dear um, friends who doesn't live here anymore. So that was the way I, we got to meet up with them. So if you're listening, summer. <laughs> I love seeing you. I guess we never really talked about that experience after the fact. Okay, we're going to go right into this. My point <laughs> is that a new kind of concept is in town, except y'all have seen that they apparently have locations in a couple of other places. I don't think you'll be surprised to know that one of them's in Orlando, the experience and theme park capital oh of the world is it a shin young experience oh i w- excuse <laughs> me if it was i'd already have my reservation booked okay this is the better than sex a dessert experience okay, okay i'm listening i hate the name so yeah. much. In case you want to go to their websites, www.betterthansexdesserts.com. I'm sorry. I just don't believe that saying. I never have. I don't know. Maybe I'm sexually very lucky. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's really, it's so like dated to me. It's like, it was better than sex. And I don't need to hear that with your food description. I used to have that issue with our, when we were in a wine club and their descriptions, I was like, I want to drink this wine, not fuck it. Okay. (laughs) Who's the guy from Bye Bye Birdie that was the middle Hollywood square all the time? Uh, Charles Nelson Riley. Yes. (laughs) That's what it's like. It's like the old time. The king of the spit take and shaking his glasses. Yeah. It's better than sex. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. You just made a great callback because you know who else was a regular on Hollywood Squares? Who? One Waylon Flowers with his puppet, Madam. Oh, (laughs) that's right. Please tell me you remember Madam. She was an older woman with very elongated features and she dressed like somebody from the 20s. Yes, yes. And she always had a cigarette and a filter on her puppet arm. Oh, man. I always felt uncomfortable watching her around my mom. I don't know why. That's the that's the memory I have. Did she? Maybe it's because she had a cigarette. I don't know. Also, she probably had some cheeky. I mean, there was a lot of cheeky humor on Hollywood Squares. God, I loved it. When I was a kid, I thought I was so cool when I got to see a show like that. (laughs) Okay, so in case you guys were wondering what what is coming to Los Angeles and probably a town near you, Better Than Sex is a restaurant that features some of the best desserts wrapped up in an intimate speakeasy-like atmosphere. I already hate you. No, there's nothing speakeasy about your gross dessert table. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, madam. We also feature something found nowhere else. <gasps> chocolate and caramel covered wines. First of all, what covered and wines. why? Is what the bottle covered in it? Yeah, like a magic shell? Did you drop a Hershey's kiss or a caramello in there? <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Beers and house-made cocktails. And unlike other restaurants, our tables have some level of privacy with a 
wall or curtain in between most of them. You know what? If you want that, you can look up an old episode of Real Sex where the fetish is people going into an industrial kitchen and a woman dipping her husband's ball sack in a bowl of sprinkles. Jessica, you have to calm down. Do you have blood pressure medication nearby? (laughs) I am so angry. I'm sorry. But I don't want to be sitting next to someone with some little like curtain between us at this better than sex because somebody's going to be fingering somebody just to say they did it. No, you don't want to go have fondue and me playfully feed you a piece of strawberry dipped in caramel covered wine. No, I don't. I can firmly say no. (laughs) Well, you're going to love this. We are the perfect place for a date night to celebrate special moments or time with a few friends. Oh, yeah, let's go there for grandma's birthday. Sounds perfect. (laughs) Experiences, according to science, are drivers of happiness. What happens next is for you to decide. That reminds me of that sleazeball Darren Cavanoke DUI attorney that's on every radio commercial here 24-7. He's like, because nobody looks good in handcuffs unless you're into that sort of thing. Ew, no. <laughs> okay, so just you know a little who's more. Into, you know who's into that sort of thing? Anybody can be. That's fine. <laughs> the ones I worry about are the ones that brag about it. And if you're making <laughs> jokesies, if you're doing commercial jokesies about it. <laughs> I mean... It's so inappropriate, and I would never go to somebody who ever advocated that, even if I did find it funny, which I don't. Okay! (laughs) Better Than Sex, a dessert restaurant, reimagines what intimate dining can be, all with desserts as the main event. Our dining rooms feature privacy curtains or walls in between most tables. (laughs) We focus on parties of two, with the largest table we have seating up to four. We shy away from larger parties and small children. Oh, well, thank God. Our rimmed signature drinks and house-made cordials make for a fun experience, and it makes a great picture. I'm sorry. What Uh is a rimmed signature drink like i guess there's sugar on the uh-huh, like the candied sugar and stuff. don't describe it as rimmed uh-huh. not when you're saying better than sex and privacy curtains well what's next then vigorously rub your hands together until you feel a delightful sensation you're close with chocolate ah! <laughs> oh god dana their rimmed signature drinks and house-made cordials make for a fun experience. And it makes a great picture when you get some on your face. Lick and sip. What? You heard me. Our award-winning desserts are made every day in-house with every element on the plate there for a reason. Oh, you don't say. So you don't have extraneous sexual toys there? <laughs> Maybe Portions are generous. Nope. Wait, Jessica, I just want to defend them if needs be. They might have been trying to fancily say, hey, we don't put kale on the plate. (laughs) (laughs) Unless you're into that sort of thing. Ew! (laughs) (laughs) Now, this is where it gets weird. Oh, I'm sorry. Has this all been normal and (laughs) I'm just on? Go ahead. Portions are generous so you can treat yourself again later. No thanks. I'm I'm good with the first 
nipple dip. It all adds up nibble dip. to the best place to take a date, celebrate a special occasion, or a prelude to a sexy night ahead. Gross and no! Remember those shows? Was it in the early 2000s when I first moved here, I think? They had those shows that some like fake agents told people <laughs> that moved here to be actors, hey, go on this dating show. Yes. I know and what then you're they talking would go about. to the jacuzzi to they would have some sort of experience together. My friend was taken on a date there. No. Her date uh, took so her. It was dirty. called Splash. Yes. It yes. was on the corner of like La Wasn't Brea it, or La Cienega. No, oh, okay. it was like ugh, mid-city kind of. It was called ugh. Splash, y'all. It was rooms with nothing more than a hot tub in them that you could rent by the hour. By the hour. By the hour. Unacceptable. It does not exist anymore. Thank no, God. Thank God. Because people were consummating their non-relationships. Uh, uh, <laughs> they were like, uh, uh, let's have sex to celebrate the fact that we're never going to see each other again. Okay. <laughs> That's what that place was. How so disgusting. Talk about a that, petri but- dish. But that description of this food experience you're saying reminds me of that kind of thing. Also, let's just go out on a limb and say you're some ladies looking for a wacky night out with some sexy desserts. <laughs> News flash and tip, just go and get yourself a vibrator. How about that? Okay. <laughs> but can you picture sitting out and having your dessert experience and you happen to be at one of the tables because they said most at one of the tables that doesn't have a partition or a wall, and you're now watching people go downtown in their booth, and no. you are just supposed to be sitting there eating your bananas foster and acting like you don't know what's happening? I mean, I guess you could just be like, oh, it's it's the live porn session of my experience. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, yeah, no, no. I, oh. I, I, I really cannot. Also, don't be advertising that something is better than sex anyway at this point in in our existence because we already have enough problems with intimacy because of porn. <laughs> like we don't need to be creating and being like because you know an intimate relationship w- with um, your partner or I guess yourself. Oh, I'm, getting, frog. I'm just getting so nervous. <laughs> I'm just saying it's healthy. <laughs> we need that. <laughs> Listen, I'm not Dr. Ruth. Just don't be replacing intimacy of some sort with food. That's all I'm saying. Thank you. <laughs> Ramped over. I just got so nervous. I know. My You're face- like me. You're not a prude. But when I'm faced with something like that in person, oh, oh no, no. I, I turn into a school marm from 1852. And my ruffled collar starts to make things very tight around my neck. Totally. <laughs> well, listen, I can be just as dirty as uh, as a madam. <laughs> but I think there's a place and a time for it. And probably talking about it on my podcast that uh, anybody can listen to is probably not the best place. But I do, do want to say intimacy is a very important thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't need to be an experience you buy with a bunch of other people. Uh, it, eating chocolate 
or whatever. I don't want to talk. You know what? Stop talking, Dana. Just stop talking, Dana. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm going to tell you a dream role of mine. Um, I'm going to assume that maybe it is for you too, would be to be the madam of a brothel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, come on. We could be dueling madams. That would be great. Yeah, Let's bring back Deadwood. Oh, God, right? <laughs> Wait, didn't our friend Artemis, didn't she play a madam on a show? I don't know she if she did. did or not. I want. I feel like she had... Oh, you know what? No, she played it like a real sexy role on, um, on Masters of Sex. Oh, I never saw and, that series, actually. Oh, I loved it. It's a little bit dirty. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, <laughs> Actually, mm -hmm. it's a lot of bit dirty, so be careful. <laughs> Let me just put that out there. <laughs> but, you know, Michael Sheen, yummy. Oh, what a snack. He can be, <laughs> he can be so smart. See what smart. you just did? Oh, I you equated it. sex with dessert. I did. And I thought and I and I thought about I also thought about licking him in that moment. Well, it makes a great photo opportunity for grandma's oh. birthday. You know what? I need to go to this no. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh my god is right. <laughs> okay. All right. So my rant is people with modified mufflers on cars, especially fast sports cars that sound like a sonic boom when they unexpectedly and unnecessarily zoom down the street for no good reason other than to be an asshole and show off. Now, I happen to live on a street that is one of the few through streets between a couple mm -hmm. of fairly busy thoroughfares, yep. right? Where mine happens to be the I think the only one without speed bumps. Oh, Therefore, shit. I hear this a lot. And I also live not too far from a freeway where mm -hmm. that happens as well yeah. because they're like, oh, I'm going to open it up, right? Mm -hmm. There is no reason for that. I equate it the same as there's no reason for you to be at the car wash vacuuming your car and have your music so loud that we can all hear it okay i do not need to know that you choose to put everything in your life into your car and listen to you scream down the road i don't need to know that that's your own personal decision that's great i like to buy purses sometimes i don't <laughs> scream down your road i got a purse okay <laughs> do i go running down the road Screaming into people's windows that I got a new purse. Oh my god, I want to no, rent a limo with a sunroof so you can stand up and be leaning out the top, shrieking that, twirling a bag over your head. <laughs> I mean, that's all they are doing. Am I wrong? I no, spend money on my car. I mean, is it just me or does it literally scare the living daylights out of you? Because I'll hear it. And at first I think it's either a backfire, which I always assume is a gunshot. So I'm yeah. immediate, immediately on high alert. Fence. I start yeah. having a panic attack or palpitations where like my pulse is beating out of my neck visibly. Yeah. I can't handle it. Also, yes, you live on a street and you're on a residential street which is a lot of families, which means there's children. I don't care if it's children or your grandma's living there. Also, I'm sure half the people on your street have pets. I know for a fact yeah. your next door neighbor does, and so Almost do you. everybody does, yeah. 
it terrifies the pets. Like even when no one's around and it's broad daylight, I would never speed down a street like that. But also my car doesn't make noise. Yeah. It's so obnoxious. It is obnoxious and it's unnecessary. Like if you want to put that into your car, that's fine. But just like, isn't there racetracks for things like that? I don't know. I didn't watch any of the Fast and Furiouses. (laughs) (laughs) But the thing that is so bad about it too is like it is so disruptive. Like you can't be like, especially right now, the only option for dining is outdoor dining at least here in LA a lot of places have outdoor dining and Uh on strips like you know busy strips like Ventura and whatever if Mm -hmm. you're I haven't been out there but I would assume if you're sitting out there and somebody drive you have to stop talking I know in in normal times that when that would happen it was so annoying it was like why do I have to pause everything I'm doing to look at you and know that you have extra money to put into your car. I'm sorry. I drive a Hyundai. Okay. I don't have extra money to pour into my already expensive car to make it <laughs> so that people know I'm coming. Custom muffler. Yes. No, I can't <sighs> stand it. It's beyond. It's such a look at me kind of thing that it annoys me instantly, mm-hmm. even though I am definitely could be put in the look at me category. <laughs> <laughs> what is it they say? Things you don't like in other people. It's probably because it's you. <laughs> Stop it. It's a mirror so, of the reflection of you. Uh huh. So, oh, Dana, your mouth is like a loud muffler. <laughs> Shut the hell up. But you guys, I bring it to the right place. This is a podcast. You can mute me or not listen. Right? <laughs> right. All right. We need, they need, these car people need to start their own podcasts where they just <laughs> nyang, nyang into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess what? Motorcyclists do it too. Yeah, they and do. There's a whole South Park episode about it. <laughs> it's crazy. And yeah. I live right at the foothills of the mountains here. Mm-hmm. Do you know how loud it is? Even at two in the morning, I can hear it. And then I swear to God, you, the sound literally ricochets off the mountains into the valley and Ooh, you can heck. hear it for miles. Absolutely. <laughs> One Absolutely. motorcycle. Oh, Jessica, I think we need a cleansing breath. I think we do. I got to be honest, though. It feels good. We say this, so we do a cleansing breath because we rant out the little things and mm-hmm. we're aware that it's little. Yes. It feels good to like get a little bit of a panty twist over things that just don't matter because 100%. there aren't there aren't as many giant things <laughs> to, yes. to occupy our thoughts, honestly. Yes. It's refreshing. So we, it is a little bit, yes. So we like to still maintain some normalcy, rant out the ridiculous things we know don't really matter. If you have a loud muffler, I probably would still be your friend as long as we have things in common. I wouldn't. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, we like to rant those out, get it all out, take a cleansing breath, and then fill up with some goodness. So if you want to scream it out, feel free, as long as you're not around other people or running down the street. (laughs) Let's take a deep breath in. And ah. (sighs) Nice. Nice. 
Mm-hmm. All right, Jessica, what's your first corner? This is uh, Animal Instincts Corner. And I sent that you actually read this. I sent this I did, as a yeah. reminder for us. And it was really cool. Okay. We all know how smart octopus are, right? And cuttlefish mm-hmm. are also in that cephalopod family. Very, very They smart. can camouflage themselves and even uh, change their sex. <laughs> They're fascinating. And they are aliens under the sea. And I am yes. here for it. Yes. This is from sciencealert.com by Michelle Starr. A cephalopod has passed a cognitive test designed for human children. I'm already in. Definitely. A new test of cephalopods, smarts, has reinforced how important it is for us humans to not underestimate animal intelligence. Cuttlefish have been put to a new version of the marshmallow test, and the results appear to demonstrate that There's more going on in their strange little brains that we knew. Their ability to learn and adapt, the researchers said, could have evolved to give cuttlefish an edge in the cutthroat, eat-or-be-eaten marine world they live in. The marshmallow test, or Stanford Marshmallow Experiment, is pretty straightforward. A child is placed in a room with a marshmallow. They are told if they can manage not to eat the marshmallow for 15 minutes, they'll get a second marshmallow and be allowed to eat both. This ability to delay gratification demonstrates cognitive abilities such as future planning, and it was originally conducted to study how human cognition develops, specifically at what age a human is smart enough to delay gratification if it means a better outcome later. Because it's so simple, it can be adjusted for animals. Obviously, you can't tell an animal they'll get a better reward if they wait, but you can train them to understand that better food is coming if they don't eat all the food in front of them right away. Some primates... Already, that's a hard test for me. Okay. (laughs) I also have a hard time believing people. It's like, am I going to miss out on it altogether? Because it's so simple, it can be adjusted for animals. Some primates can delay gratification along with dogs, albeit inconsistently. Corvids, too, have passed the marshmallow test. I do not know what a corvid is. I don't either. I was thinking, oh, I can't wait for Jessica to tell me what that is. I'm mortified. (laughs) I don't know. Someone knows. Last year, cuttlefish also passed a version of the marshmallow test. Scientists showed that common cuttlefish... Well, you guys, if there was anything weird, then uh, we'll see that my mic was not working properly. It was before, but now it's not. Anyways, hi. (laughs) There you go. You sound better. In a can for the first... (laughs) Half of the show. (laughs) Last year, cuttlefish also passed a version of the marshmallow test. Scientists showed that common cuttlefish can refrain from eating a meal of crab meat in the morning once they have learned dinner will be something they like much better. Shrimp. Mm. As a team of researchers led by behavioral ecologist Alexandra Schnell of the University of Cambridge point out in a new paper... In this case, it's difficult to determine whether this change in foraging behavior is response to prey availability was also being governed by an ability to exert self-control. So they designed another test for six common cuttlefish. The cuttlefish were placed in a special tank with two enclosed chambers that had transparent doors so the animals could see inside. In the chambers were snacks, a less preferred piece of raw king prawn in one, and a much more enticing live grass shrimp in the other. Oh. 
The doors also had symbols on them that the cuttlefish had been trained to recognize. What? I know. It's so cool. It's awesome. A circle meant the door would open straight away. A triangle meant the door would open after a time interval between 10 and 130 seconds. And a square used only in the control condition meant the door stayed closed indefinitely. Well, this is a lot longer than I thought. Okay. I read the whole thing. I read the entire thing. I was fascinated. I mean, I did too, but now as I'm reading it, I'm like, oh, people are like, enough already. Okay. The point is, once they learn to associate a square with a reward, the researchers switched the cues so the other square now became the reward cue. Interestingly, the cuttlefish that learned to adapt to this change the quickest were also the cuttlefish that were able to wait longer for the shrimp reward. Okay. Just the fact alone that they could train them to know what different symbols are is mind-blowing to me. Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Also, just so you so you don't have to finish the rest of the article, they mentioned they were trying to think, like, why uh, cuttlefish were mm-hmm. able to do this and maybe not other – or cephalopods specifically mm-hmm. – uh, because they use camouflage and uh, they use a waiting technique for their hunting because they have to pare down like the time. They don't want to stay out too long and get eaten themselves, right? right. So they are choosing what's going to be the most filling, the yummiest, all of that. Like, so And they think cool. that might be why they're capable of that kind of mental co- oh. cognitive. Because they're used to waiting. They're used to camouflage. They're used to... Don't waste your energy and out yourself that you're out here for other predators if Mm -hmm. it's not going to be real yummy because you're going to have to go hide, right? No, this is really interesting Like as opposed to like an apex predator where, yeah, they may hide, but they're going to go after anything moving, literally. Yeah, they don't care. (laughs) They have no concern. Yeah, that's really, really interesting. Isn't it though? Yeah. That was fascinating. They're so cool. That was one of my son's favorite animals when he was itsy bitsy really a cuttlefish uh-huh he could he would watch tons of nature documentaries but we went to an aquarium up north where was it like santa barbara or something once and Mm -hmm. he saw a picture on the wall in the information center and he goes cuttlefish and they were like what (laughs) i was like oh it's his favorite (laughs) oh my god that's so cute (laughs) (laughs) okay I am up next. This is pretty cool. Okay. Mm -hmm. This is why. Well, listen, I'll just say it's from NPR (laughs) written by Rachel Treisman. I hope that's right. Yard sale bowl revealed to be rare Chinese artifact worth up to $500,000. This is why you go garage selling y'all. What? This is why you go garage selling. Okay. (laughs) For real though. In a tale, the stuff of yard sale legend, a small porcelain bowl sold at its $35 asking price has turned out to be a rare 15th century Chinese artifact worth up to a half a million dollars. An unidentified Connecticut man bought the bowl from a – yeah, don't tell people who you are, sir. (laughs) Bought the bowl from a yard sale near New Haven last year and later emailed photos to the Southern to the to Sotheby is that how you say it? I can't Sotheby's Sotheby's yes I knew you'd know <laughs> seeking an evaluation <clears throat> according to the Associated Press the appraisers determined it determined it dates back to the Ming Dynasty 
of the early 1400s oh my God. and estimated it's worth at between 300 and 500,000 dollars. I can't. The bull, I know. The bull which Sotheby's <laughs> calls exceptional and rare will be available to the highest bidder as part of the firm's important Chinese art auction in New York later this month. Oh my and God. also, I didn't say this is a very recent article. It's uh March 3rd, so if you want to bid on it. <laughs> I'm just thinking about my love for Asian decor in general and like half my apartment is chinoiserie style. How many things I used to buy that were vintage chinoiserie for work over the years when I'd go picking and this it has my eyes bugging out of my head. Oh God, uh, maybe I have something for the Ming Dynasty. <laughs> oh my God. It's always quite astounding to think that it can kind of still happen that these treasures can be discovered, said Angela Mc. McAteer said the bee's senior vice president and head of its Chinese works of art department. It's always really exciting for us as specialists when something we didn't even know existed here appears seemingly out of nowhere. Of the six other bowls of this kind known to exist, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I was like, six? There's only six of them? McAteer said most are in museums and none in the United States. Two are at the National Palace Museum in Taipei, Taiwan. Two are at museums mm. in London. One is in the National Museum of Iran in Tehran, according to Sotheby's. The cobalt blue painted bowl is small, about six inches in diameter, and shaped – oh, I didn't realize it was that tiny – and shaped like a lotus bud or a chicken heart. I'm going to go with lotus bud. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorned with blossoms of lotus, peony, chrysanthemum, and pomegranate flowers with a medallion at the bottom and bordered by a band of lotus scrolls around the rim. Uh, McAteer said the bowl has all the characteristics and hallmarks of the early Ming period, noting its smoothness, silky glaze, and distinctive color and designs. Experts date the bowl to the era of the Yongle Emperor, who reigned from 1403 to 1424, and ushered in a distinct new style of porcelain work they described as immediately recognizable, never surpassed, and defining the craft still in the 18th century. Um, in every respect, this delicate bowl is quintessential Yongle product made for the court, showing the striking combination of superb material and painting. Okay, now we're in auction stuff. All consistent with the agent type. Yeah, so that's basically the story. So cool. This person paid 30. I'll be honest too. This person knew that they were seeing something because if I went to a garage sale and I saw a pretty bowl, it's very pretty. Do not get me wrong. But it was at a garage sale and it said $35. I'd be like, mm -mm. I'm buying this Woody Woodpecker tin for 35 cents. <laughs> I'd be like, too expensive. And, and then later, it's worth oh, half a million dollars. Unbelievable. But I love a good thrift store or garage sale. I just sent you a picture last week. Yes. Of like I a found... gorgeous Wedgwood British fine bone china. Some. And, and what's meant to go in it, do you think? I think that that was a teapot. Do you? It doesn't have a lid, but it's <clears> stunning. <throat> On the bottom, it says "Made in England." Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the date was, but I bought it for what did I tell you? Two ninety nine, three ninety nine. Yep, I think it's just missing the lid, but because of the little spout. And I know, like back in the day, our grandparents had this kind of stuff. It's certainly a lost art on our generation. Mm -hmm. They would boil their water and then put it into the fancy teapot that they'd bring to the table. 
when right. they're serving guests. You know what I mean? Like, cause right. if you had a guest over, you brought out the best yeah. and people would drink their tea out of that. But yeah, that's like a gorgeous like piece of art. You couldn't put that on the burner. They would have to add the boiled water to the right. pot and it was purely for show. Well, I bought it for show and stuck a plant in it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but I think it looks so cute. I do too. Yeah, I love it. You know, uh, you guys know that's my planty thing now. <laughs> I love it. Seriously, it looks beautiful. And I love you repurposing that as a container. It's just a really yeah. neat idea. I like it. Thanks. So in addition to the mic being gone, I guess it probably isn't an issue because I just looked at my phone, which I try to never do except to re-pull up notes. Alan text me loud in capital letters with an exclamation point. Then he put the neighbor that we can't stand's name and said, can hear you. Now I'm sure he's joking. I know she didn't knock on our door, but apparently I'm shouting and not aware of it. And he can hear it across our apartment. It's not hurting my ears. I didn't you know, notice. You know what part of the problem is? When I have the headphones on, I hear you perfectly. I hear myself. I'm not at all aware of my volume. <laughs> like at all. When I'm I wearing headphones, I'm it's, it's all over. Because, you know, Henry has come in here before and been like, you're laughing so loud. Oh, my God. I love it. I forgot to say what corner that was, Jessica. It was an oh, wow corner. Indeed. Oh, wow. It oh, is wow. oh, wow. You know, my uh, dad is so awesome. He's so lovely in every single way. You guys know this. Did I tell you he sent me a surprise? Yes. Oh, yeah. I sent you a picture. My daddy sent me the sweetest. He just out of the blue sent me a blanket that it. says all of the nicest things. Like, you're my daughter. I love you because, like, all this stuff. And then it says, love your dad on the bottom. And it made me cry. Happy cries. Anyway, I love him. But he is so cool. So you guys know, I think I've talked about it before. One of my hobbies, one of my things I do um, is I make jewelry from time to time. Mm -hmm. And I used to, when I was younger, I used to sell in some of the boutiques out here in L.A. My dad... I, so I love taking vintage jewelry and repurposing it mm -hmm. As if it's, if it's broken, I don't I don't like to repurpose things that are, um, not broken, mm -hmm. right. That are still functional as what they are. But if something is broken, I like to repurpose it into my jewelry. Mm -hmm. And my dad is the best about going to garage sales and just buying all kinds of vintage costume, broken jewelry for nothing. Awesome. And then I get to make new pieces out of it. And I love it. I love it. it. Did yeah. he send you some of that too? He always does. He didn't know with the blanket. No, but he, he, every time I go it's home, really he has something cool. for me. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And I make like him a hair Yeah. I also, this is just an idea for people. It's not that hard to make like clip on earrings into mm -hmm. pierced mm -hmm. or turn broken clip earrings into barrettes and things. Mm -hmm. And I have done that with a lot of my family members who have passed mm. their personal items. So like I made some jewelry out of the inner workings of a watch, of a wrist watch, watch wow. from my grandfather's watch um, for my sisters and I. And That's so, beautiful. Anyway. Yeah, it's a nice. I way love to, that idea. It's a nice my, way for each of us to have something of yes. us as family members. It's a really cool idea. My stepmom did that years ago with a belt from somebody in our family who had passed, but it was. 
I have a lot of family in Arizona and they have like the most gorgeous jewelry made by indigenous people in the area. And it's out of control. Amazing with the gorgeous sterling silver and turquoise and all that. Mm -hmm. So one of my great aunts had this belt, which I'm sure was all the rage back in the day, but nobody was going to wear this chain link belt nowadays. And my stepmother took it to a jeweler in her town and He cut it and he fashioned it into a bracelet for myself, one for my stepmother and one for my grandmother. Oh, cool. And it was so cool because I'm like, as a bracelet, I love it and I'll absolutely wear it. And so, yeah, it was so lovely to then be able to spread that. I love the idea of a barrette. Oh, yeah. I have a bracelet or necklace. Everybody got a barrette made out of uh, passed on family members' jewelry. What and a great nothing idea. expensive. And that's the thing too. Like, I don't mm-hmm. ever want to fight over anything expensive within family like that. No. I take costume, broken, whatever. And then yeah. I just have a piece of them with me on, so on cool. myself. Yeah, I yep. love it. I love that anyway, too. Check out your garage sales because people they sell other people's memories, like things that, you know. They do. You may get your grandma's Ming Dynasty bowl. I wish. Now I'm really regretting I didn't take one of those Royal Worcester lamps. Know what that means? Just kidding. It's like these <laughs> fancy porcelain things from England. Actually, Royal Dalton. I'm sorry. Royal Worcester is what I think possibly your teapot is. That's also British. Oh, it sounds uh, like. But they make serveware. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Okay, this is a rave from one of our OG listeners. So thank you so much for sending this in. She says, hello, my sweet friends. I thought I would share something that is really close to me regionally. As someone who lives in Montana, I am constantly reminded of the current crisis that indigenous people, especially women, face here. Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women USA is an organization that I've been following for a few years, and it brings awareness to the fact that Indigenous women are currently being abducted, abused, or murdered at incredibly high rates. Every year, they put together a GoFundMe for the children of missing or murdered Indigenous women. Wow. We're going to post the website, which is mmiwusa.org. MMIWUSA's number one mission is to bring our missing home and help the families of the murdered cope and support them through the process of grief. We give them hands-on support and guidance, and if we don't have the answers, we get the answers so that these families do not feel abandoned and alone in this struggle like so many have before them. Mm-hmm. Our broader goal is to eradicate this problem so that the future generations thrive. We are doing that through education of the threats that they face and self-defense. We just started a monthly program to do just that. It is called Staying Sacred, and we educate and have self-defense lessons at every meeting. Wow. I love that. It's so empowering. It's so important. Our strength lies in the fact that every single one of the staff and volunteers have been assaulted or trafficked, and our passion is to be kind, the kind of organization that we needed growing up and beyond. Wow. And then our listener also said, last article, because uh, she attached another one, says, it's very common to see high school athletes who are indigenous with a red handprint on their face. This is a way for them to bring attention to the crisis. So we'll definitely post a picture of this. I also noticed the woman on the site, the MMIW site, 
had a black handprint on her face. I guess the handprint covering the mouth and the face is indicative of the entire movement. But Dana, I will show you this picture. This is a high school athlete wow. running with the red handprint on her face. It's it's really amazing and it definitely makes you take pause and I hope that people in the area care enough to know mm-hmm. what's going on and look into that I'm and for those that, of us right thank you to the listener for I I did not know that I did not know about the handprint thing what I have At been all. hearing what I have been hearing about is that there are tons of missing and murdered indigenous yes. women um and I, that's a real problem. I don't know. Has that always been a problem and it's just now coming to light? Um, it has been for a very long time. And I can it's tell terrible. you from my work with the police and a lot of mm-hmm. people that I work with that are both instructors or officers that lived in other areas, it's a huge problem. And I had a friend also in college who was a photographer that used to go every year to, I'm embarrassed, I don't remember if it's South or North Dakota, to work with the Lakota Sioux tribe specifically. There are so many issues with this and well, violence I mean, and disappearing the- and no one's really doing anything about it. It's kind of like, oh, that happened on the reservation. We don't go there. Kind of like how people are with Skid Row. It's like, oh, it happened in Skid Row, the homeless encampment mm-hmm. in downtown Los Angeles. So it's not okay. It's a huge problem. And I'm very grateful for our listener to bring this to our attention. So we yeah. will link to the website about this. It's very fascinating read and you can look into a lot of stuff there. We'll also post this article about the athlete who um, specifically was wearing this and she circled the track 18 times and uh, stood with the bright red paint on her mouth over and the letters MMIW on her right leg. It's an epidemic on reservations across America. Violence against Native American women is rampant. And according to a recent study, police agencies are not adequately identifying or reporting cases. Mm. So definitely take a look at this. And yeah, if you are in an area that has reservations or anything like that, maybe you could see what they're in need of their um yeah it's i mean in any kind of way just the fact that um every single what this is straight from that article mm-hmm. uh, every single one of the staff and volunteers have been assaulted or trafficked that's mm-hmm. terrifying yep Ooh, yeah well thank you for for sharing also that. that is a very fine point to make too they know firsthand. So I I think it's incredible. It's very unfortunate. I wish that no one was having to be in that situation. But when you have someone who's experienced it themselves, they know how to help. Yes, they really Mm -hmm. do. So thank you to our listener. And thank you to the people who run that organization and are trying to help find these women and to help their families after their unfortunate passings. Yeah. Again, that's M-M-I-W-U-S-A.org, which we'll put in our show notes. Yes. My rave is also from a listener, which is awesome. Please, guys, mm-hmm. keep keep the stuff coming. It's lovely. Here we go. Okay. Hi, lovelies. 
I know you like to try and bring lesser known nonprofits to the podcast, but when you mentioned Habitat for Humanity briefly in episode 81, I wanted to talk about some housing nonprofits, including Habitat, because of the current housing crisis. Habitat International is reporting that one in five Californians spends more than half their income on housing. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. This sometimes means going without food, medication, or money for public transport just to stay housed. When families partner with Habitat to build their home, their mortgage will never cost more than a third of their income, and there is never an interest rate. However, Habitat isn't the answer for everyone. So nonprofits like Neighborhood Housing Services and PATH PATH. Neighborhood Housing Services helps people purchase, sell, or repair their homes. PATH seeks to end homelessness for individuals, families, and communities. I just want to say that again, seeks to end homelessness because mm-hmm. there's also a, it's also very important for us to take care of our homeless. I saw two young men this weekend under a bridge mm-hmm. with white white care packages. They were passing out, going from tent to tent, passing out bottles of water, blankets, whatever they had in their bags, mm-hmm. passing them out. That's necessary too. But also we need to go that step further and say, how can we end homelessness, not just help them? So I love that. They do this by building affordable rentals and helping people find short-term housing if they cannot yet rent. Affordable housing is a problem across the nation. And I just wanted to share. I think it's really important that everyone has a place to call home. Absolutely. Yes. yes, So much of our own like self-worth, safety, like the list could go on and on. Mm -hmm. Sorry for the essay. It's not an essay. Love the show. And then they gave us the links for NHS and PATH. So we'll share those as well. Mm -hmm. I really, really love that. It was just so cool too that I, that I, witnessed these two young men doing that. Yes. And I, I actually honked at them and rolled down my window mm. and gave them little heart hands mm-hmm. for doing that. They were young and I, and it That's was awesome. encouraging to see them aware and doing what they could to help. Absolutely. Um, it was lovely. Thank you so much to our listeners for sending those in. And I, I love a follow-up to something that they I heard. Do too. Like- I was just going to say, I love that this person was like, hey, that's not for everybody. Here's a smaller organization. That she, I mean, that's right. We do love to talk mm-hmm. about. I mean, listen, the big ones are great. We're not saying they're not, but they've got enough help, right? And we don't have a huge voice, but all, together, me and Jessica don't have a huge voice, but all of us together, we all do. So I think that's really, really cool. Jessica. Dana. I think that's our show. I think it is. Oh, I made it through without having to pee pee. <laughs> we didn't have a rooster or a yapping dog. Not once. Was there no rooster? No, I missed that rooster. Oh my God. The other night that a chicken started screaming and I swear like the neighbors started running out and I was like instantaneously I thought either a coyote is over there because we've had issues Mm -hmm. or they are killing a chicken to eat and I can't handle it but it was fine they all went out there somebody some chicken just got mad at the rooster everybody was good Oh my god. But I froze. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> I immediately texted Dan Tipton and I was like, oh my god, there's a chicken screaming. What's happening? Like it was screaming. Um it's crazy. 
Jessica, do you want to tell people one more time how they can get a hold of us? Yes, please find us at the Rants and Raves podcast on Facebook and Instagram at raves underscore the on Twitter. You can also email us directly at the rants and raves podcast at gmail.com or hit the contact button on our website, www.therantsandravespodcast.com. Oh, also, thank you. I was with uh, a mutual friend of Dana and myself this weekend and he was looking up our uh, the podcast because he is also a podcaster and we were discussing things and he goes oh my god look at that he goes you guys have a hundred reviews and i wasn't even aware of that so thank you thank Um, you very much that actually helps people find us yes i don't love to be pushy about it we're not the podcast that's like we do say please rate review and subscribe but we don't push it real heavy but it really does help people it does it does indeed thank you so thank you to all of you who have done so and if you haven't already and want to you know there's always time (laughs) (laughs) i'll tell i'll tell you this i'm in a writing class and a guy said something yesterday where i was well of course i jinxed there's there's the dog there's the bearded dog this guy, I'm in a sketch writing class, and the guy said he was like a corporate in a corporate meeting and he was talking to people. And one of the lines he said was, and you know, my motto, if not now, then later. And it just really <laughs> resonated with me. And I was like obsessed <laughs> with that. I'm like, can that please be your character's tagline? Like with the most inappropriate situations? Okay, if not now, then later. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because usually all you hear is, if not now, then when? That's exactly. so stressful. Yes. So stressful. <laughs> exactly. I love that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You know what's so crazy is just sitting here. You know how your brain kind of wanders? Sure. My brain just slapped me and went, oh, my God, you scheduled three things at the same time time tomorrow so we're gonna wrap up this episode so that i can fix all of that <laughs> what a dummy i'm gonna have to break out my hilarious i'm gonna have to get a planner so that i can plan my two things a week without <laughs> without messing up oh my god oh Jessica. do you have a point to ponder if you don't i, I did do. screen okay great oh wait do you want to share one this week no yes go for it okay well i like to share a point to ponder this is part into the show where we talk about things we've really been into things we should watch or not watch i'll tell you i'm doing i did the mia farrow Oh. Uh, Woody, it's rough. It's rough. It's mm-hmm. important to be knowledgeable, but it's rough. And also, it's like, I don't know, whatever. Talk mm-hmm. about it amongst yourselves mm-hmm. if if you choose. Uh, it's not a happy journey, that's for sure. Other than that, I've just really been into my plants, you guys. I kind of want to <laughs> get into aeroids. I'm really trying to research. Should I? I need to be careful when I bottom water because I don't want salts to build up in my soil. <laughs> no, I haven't bought a grow light yet, but I'm looking. <laughs> oh, it's getting, it's a jungle. It's a I jungle need to give there. you my sundew before it officially dies because I actually think it's dead. But maybe um, oh, mine you can... is about to unfurl about six new fronds. Mine's gone. I, I think I've <laughs> killed it. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. I almost killed the first one, but I've managed to bring her back. She's about to bring some more because I have two. Lucky. 
<laughs> well, anyway, none of that's my point to ponder. <laughs> Is there anything you've been watching we need to know about or listening no. to? Okay, good. So here, here we go. Just think about this for a while. Everybody knows, and some people tell me it's not very healthy. Super into like horror movies and crime podcasts and all of that, right? Here's my fact for the week. You guys can think about it. Watching a horror movie burns nearly 200 calories in 90 minutes due to increased heart rate. So jokes on you guys. I'm sitting here losing weight while I watch and listen to all my scaries. Woo! I love you, Jessica. I love you too. I'll be back next week. Go lose some weight. Ah! <laughs> Have a great one. <laughs> Have a fantastic week. Ew, you just ruined <laughs> everything. <laughs>